It's in a Chrysler, Pacifica. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're still in an uh, electric mode. So the first uh, 15 miles are going to be electric. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then it'll it'll switch on to the um, hybrid. And so you guys are going to um, Miami. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's take the 41 and we'll get there nice and uh, good. Nice and easy. <coughs> we had our flights cancelled. We were leaving from Fort Myers at oh. 3.30 today, but United Airlines cancelled our flights. There is so much happening yeah. uh, with the flights. It's crazy out there. Yesterday, too, like I cancelled most flights from uh, Fort Lauderdale, no, from Fort uh, Myers. I don't know why. Did they tell you why? Well, this one, um, our flight from Fort Myers was fine. It was um, the flight from New Jersey to Johannesburg. Um, Johannesburg. Um, they had a problem with the plane. They had to take it out of service because it had oh. some faults, oh. which is a good thing to discover before we fly. Right. That left us with no aeroplane. And of course, we've got, we're joining a tour on the 5th of January um, in South Africa. Um, we're going first to the um, National Park and then we've got other stuff planned. And because we couldn't get there, now the whole thing's in jeopardy because... Well, I mean, you're surely going to make it before the 15th, no? No, 5th. Oh, the 5th? Yes. Oh, that is two days away. Yes. Well, I... we were leaving on the second right. and Delta cancelled our flight so then I had to rebook it with United and they didn't they do could, that for you they did not have another option for they you. had no more flights till the 8th of January oh I think they only go two or three times a week to oh, Johannesburg probably so um, and then there were flights but they were eight and nine thousand um, dollars oh. from um, Fort Myers, so yeah. then I started looking at what was available in Miami. Yeah. And Miami, fly, do you fly now directly from Miami to St. Uh, Johannesburg or not? No, 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 we don't. That's the bad news. Oh. We go Miami to.
Paris, we're there for five hours. Then we fly Paris to London, we're there for five hours. No. Then we get to Johannesburg. Really? So we don't get there till um, 10 o'clock on Wednesday. You get to see first everything, so, all yeah. of Europe, before yeah. you end up in South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. But it was the only option well, we had. You hate, you're going to go all the way to Paris, back to London, and then all the way down to... You would have gone up to Paris. Yeah. And then you go basically straight backwards yeah. to London, and then you go all the way south to Johannesburg. It's yeah. a very, very inefficient way of doing it. Right. But, it but because you have no options, you no, have we no didn't choice. have an option, and of course we can't get a refund, and I'm not confident the insurance would pay the ten thousand dollars for the tour. So then that leaves you, okay? How do we make the most of it? What do we do now? Luckily, right. we're travel agents, and we can go through consolidators. So oh, that's good. You guys are travel agents. Yes. So you know exactly what can be done and... Yes, and because oh, last night I spent hours, I was even looking from Miami to Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro to Johannesburg. That would have been crazy too. Yes, and then... We're almost going through uh, Madrid there for a while. Yeah, Madrid, um, there's a, um, an airline, <sighs> there's an um, Air Europa um, mm -hmm. do really good airfares through yeah. through Madrid and Portugal so um, that was one of our choices um, oh, but they use Air Rwanda to go from Portugal to Africa and I wasn't sure I oh, would no. go through Air Rwanda. You, no I didn't, don't think that's a good idea. Well, I didn't tell you about that <laughs> no. one. That was no. a little bit cheaper but it took, yeah, right, it took 40 hours instead of 30 hours. And then some of them did five or six stops. There was one that went Lisbon, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, um, Paris, Paris, um, Berlin, Berlin. Oh, oh, you get to see something of the world? Yeah, only for four hours at the airport. What, what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Look, you get to see all these uh, airports. <laughs> all these beautiful Jeez. airports. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all so nice. You're yeah. right, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one, one, once you've seen one, you've seen them all, right? Yeah. Well, luckily, um, this airfare is with American and we've got um, status with American, so... Oh, that's nice. Maybe... Are you going to fly reimbursed, not the one that was cancelled? We got, yeah, our flights are reimbursed. Yeah. But so. it takes 10 days to come back. Of course. So, I mean, they keep your money as long as they can. Exactly. Yeah. Took them 10 seconds to take it, 10 days to <laughs> give it back. Yeah, because, exactly. Because yeah. it doesn't work that well for some reason. Like, <laughs> no, fuck you, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> How come I feel like I'm being screwed here? <laughs> and they're not expected that you have it in 10 days. Yes. You'll probably have to do dozens of phone calls yeah. and yes. writing emails, and finally you'll get it because. And they make you work every every dollar of it back. Exactly. But I think we can claim your trip across on insurance because this was a trip we didn't have to have if we oh, left from local. So. so this is going to be a free minivan for you. I hope oh, so. No, no, not yet. <laughs> no, same old story. Yeah, we we pay you, and hopefully one day maybe. Oh, After yeah, we exactly. complain yeah, enough, yeah. somebody might give us half of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes. But they will say something like, well, was it driven by a pink elephant? 
perfect. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was driven yeah. by Mark. Well, oh, sorry, it's not covered. No, no. Exactly. A Green Dutchman. Oh, they, they're excluded. They're excluded, the green ones. Dutch or any other nationality. The green ones we don't do. Damn, he needs a different shirt. Oh, you guys really do know how this uh, business works. Absolutely. Yeah. So where is your travel agency? It's home-based. Home-based, but like... Is that here, Mark Wine? Yeah, yes, yes. Sir. That's your home. Okay, yes. you're not you're not snowbirds. No, 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 that is our house. Yeah, yeah, nice. We've been there 20 years. We're, we're Australian. Yeah, I, I thought there was an accent there. <laughs> and we're off to uh, Africa for Bromman's 70th birthday. Oh, that's so nice. So. Uh, Bronwyn is also, is that an, a South African name maybe? It, it's um, Welsh, but it's, Welsh. it's used in South, a lot of South Africans have the same name, a lot of English people. Because it sounds a little Dutch as well, but you would say Bronwyn. Yes. And then it's Dutch. Um, and South Africa definitely has a lot of oh, absolutely. Know, Afrikaans is yeah. Dutch. We had the uh, little ball war from 1899 to 1904, remember? Where the, uh, and that was much mostly the uh, the Boers were all Dutch free settlers and they were oh, pissy yeah. with the English. Yeah. And the uh, English, being the being the big dog in town, actually uh, um, you know, went to war with the Boers. And yeah. after five years, the Boers decided they didn't want to fight anymore. But you know, the, taking on the British Empire in, at, in 1900 would have been a tough task. Yeah, no, impossible. Yes, well, so we, we just kept lending. We lived in Germany for a while in Stade and we used to go to um, Holland quite often. They have oh, awesome right. food right. there. Yeah. And the groceries are so much cheaper than in Germany. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean but the, the good food that you find in the Netherlands is not Dutch food. No, it's because not. Because there's no Dutch restaurants. No. But we have a, whole lot, a host of, like, yeah. In, Foreign, foreign international and but places like, like Amsterdam. Amsterdam's a very multicultural, international type oh yeah, for sure. place too. You know, there's, for sure. There's one of everything there. But we we don't have a dish like pizza or like no like Italian yeah. You're not you're not famous food. for uh, we're not famous for any food. Oh, you 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 do have a Dutch apple cake that's amazing. The that, apple cake. Yes. The apple well, cake. My mom makes apple cake. And of course, you're famous for little boys who put their fingers in dikes. Exactly, that's what we're famous for. So yeah. we've got a lot of little, uh, little <laughs> a lot fingers, of windmills and dikes. And there's yeah, also right. a really nice dish made with phyllo pastry. It's a dessert, and it's got ground almonds in it. And oh, oh it's really, really nice. It's a Christmas. I'll tell you pastry. something you, you probably already know. I would suspect, but Holland's the only country that's ever increased its size without invading a neighbour. Exactly. And it's yeah, doubled in yeah. size since the Second World War. Almost. And um, not doubled though, but yeah, we maybe like a third or so more. Or so. What they're expecting is with the increase in sea level though, that because Holland is a, the, the uh, recip recipient <laughs> of all those big European rivers, oh, okay. that uh, you won't be able to, uh, whenever these floods occur, that you may have to hand back 30 or 40 percent of it in the next 30 or 40 years because right. of it's not that the sea level being two foot taller will matter that much but it'll back all the water up coming during flooding it'll back up two feet taller behind it all and that 
and the uh, infrastructure won't be able to cope with that That's without right. them allowing to deliberately flooding areas just to take some of that water volume. Yeah, I, but uh, the only thing is, is that I I agree with that. So is that like the, with the uh, warming temperatures, sea water rising, but it's not going to be 30, 40 years. I thought it was more, more like several hundred years. Oh, no, I think that's not several hundred, but it's the Dutch are inventive. They're not going to hand that ground back over without a fight. Oh, no. <laughs> it was oh. too hard to get. So how long since you lived in Holland? Well, we're just going to be like big, build bigger dikes. Well, it's, as more. I said, it's the volume of water. You'd have to build bigger dikes and there'd have to be right. hundreds and hundreds of miles of them too, which would be a, oh. a huge undertaking in itself. We'll have to come up with something. So how long since you've lived there? Uh, 20 years, 22, 23 years now. About the same as us. Oh yeah, actually. I'll tell you, a, yeah. I like old aircraft and I read a story yeah. in a magazine, English magazine called Aeroplane Monthly some years ago and it was about when the, uh, this is in the early, late 1940s, early 50s, there was reports of a, a machine gun fire going off like every second Tuesday in the evenings for a little while. And of course, it, eventually they tracked down all the, the noise and it was the local Boy Scouts. The local and, Boy Scouts? And what, well, what they'd done, when the uh, Dutch had reclaimed a big chunk of, uh, drained a big chunk of what had been ocean, it was exposing aircraft wrecks from the Second World War. Oh, really? And of course this was very early on when they were doing that, and the Boy Scouts had gone prowling out into the muddy fields and found found themselves a, a, a tail of a Wellington or something and pulled the machine guns out of it, and being good Boy Scouts, they, they overhauled them and they were, during scouting nights, they were having, <laughs> they were firing it into a sandpit. Can you believe that? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, the authorities confiscated the uh, machine gun from them, but it started a whole process that uh, there was a part of the Dutch army, and it still exists, yeah. which goes out to uh, uh, whenever anything's drained to reclaim any munitions or human remains or anything. Uh -huh. Because there was hundreds and hundreds of aircraft went down in the Zolder Sea yeah. in, the, in the Second World the War. Sea, yeah. and, uh, Oh, you even know the names of those places, Zouders, eh? I haven't heard that name for, for ages. Well, we drove across the uh, causeway. Ah. And, of, and of course, it's, I think it's been sealed off, uh, being a causeway for so many years now that there's, that there's fresh water inside now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, did Australians also come to Europe to fight in the Second World War? Yes. They did? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those boys were far from home. We've been involved in, as as a part of the British Empire, uh -huh. of course we were involved in every war that Britain was involved in. Oh, of course. But also we've been involved in every war that America's been involved in for 110 years, last oh, really? 110 years. Oh, really? And in the case of the First and Second World War, we were involved in those wars before the Americans even. Really? So I joke and tease the Americans and tell them that we've been in, we see things similar and we've been involved in all the same wars for 110 years. But in the case of the First and Second World War, it's nice of them to bother joining us, <laughs> which is funny to me at least. Right. It is funny. <coughs> Especially so. Australia, because you're on the other side of the world. I yes. Jeez, that's so far from home. But you know what? There was Fijians went off and fought. There was New Zealanders. 
Yeah. Because they're South Africans, Rhodesians. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, but you were probably more allied with the Americans in the Pacific than you were in Europe. Not, not before the war. Not, right up until the Second World War, Australia were almost solely British goods. So what we, what the Empire had was a preferential trade agreement between the Empire. So everybody got did better business within the empire, and they charged anybody outside the empire extra. No. So you wouldn't buy American cars on the basis that you could get English ones cheaper. No, of course. And there's some patriotism there. You, you, you um, believe you belong to a kingdom, and the kingdom, Holland, of course, had the uh, Indonesia, the Dutch East Indies, and all that sort of stuff. Once upon a time, uh, Holland had a considerable em overseas empire. Yeah, before that was in the 1600s, I think. The EOC. But wait, in fact, so Van Diemen's Land, which is Tasmania, yeah. where we were born, mm. Van Diemen was a Dutch explorer that founded in the 1600s. Really? So uh, I didn't know that they got that far. Yes. I know that they were he, in India, Indonesia, and and he found, he didn't discover Tasmania. He he mapped parts of the uh, Western Australian coast. Which, of course, the the uh, Timor Sea. Then you've got the west coast of Australia. You've got the Timor Sea, and you've got Indonesia, which was which which, of course, was the Dutch East Indies. Right. So, uh, exactly. uh, back in the 1600s, they reached out as far as Australia. The Dutch got to Australia, but it was all desert and nastiness up that coast. So they obviously didn't find humans, didn't find gold sitting around, didn't find anything of value, and went well. There it is, and wandered off again. Right. Have you been a history teacher of some sorts? It's amazing how much you know about these things. I have a. Um, I, have I guess a, it's like part of your history. I have a photographic memory. Oh, that's your problem, eh? <laughs> that's my problem. So, wow. if we start talking about something, it's likely to remind me of you remind everything me I know yeah. about it suddenly. So, uh, but we do um, history tours with our. Travel agencies, so we oh, yeah, we can course. just pick somewhere like Scotland or Ireland or Holland, or and we can because Craig knows so much about it. We can find the museums. He can tell people the history, and um, and I'm enthusiastic about that sort of thing too. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. if if you and I, if I wanted to take you on a, a, a tour of car museums or plane museums. I, I would be so excited to tell you about it. You'd go, oh yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. my natural you, enthusiasm would be infectious. Yeah, you would be the best tour guide because if you have a photographic memory, you know more, almost everything. Well, you know what? I'm going to step on it. Get, get that's a um, it's, it's not like everything's wandering around in my mind all the time. No. But it. Uh, it pops up. If at, it's like somebody. If you said, like. The Zolder Sea. Everything I knew about the Zolder Sea would pop into my head. Yeah, yeah. So you've so got really children at college. Yeah, how did you know? Um, oh wait, on I put blurb. it in my uh, yes. in my uh, Uber account. Yes. Yeah. So how many children and what uh, are they studying? We've been watching you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Watching you. Big brother. <laughs> we know where the you Empire. live. <laughs> we know where you live. Yeah, the Empire is. We're, we're reaching out. You're one of those boars, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what, how old are they? How many have you got? So, we've got three. Okay. Uh, boy, girl, boy. 
and the oldest is 24 and he's in California yeah. studying music production oh, how wonderful. and then yeah he's, uh, he's working hard at that and he obviously loves music, I would imagine. Yeah, he's always making sounds and making music. And like <laughs> Ever since he was little? Basically, yeah. Always like, also like, boy with his, uh, like he's tapping his lungs yes. and then singing and making noises. He, I don't know how you call it, beatboxing or something. Yes, yes, but nevertheless he was, that was part, that's one of his natural loves. Yeah, I would think so. Which is a good thing if you can work your natural loves into your vocation, you're far happier working. Yeah, exactly. One and of our friends, Charlie Blum, um, he had a auditorium in New Jersey or a big, um, he's got um, BB King, he's got three of BB King's Lucille guitars, he knew oh, wow. Lisa Franklin, and he's, he knows lots and lots of the... He's in music production on Marco Island and he does um, stuff with the New Arts Centre on Marco. Oh, nice. Nice. I mean, he so, would be interested in meeting your little one that's got a love of music because that's been his music. Yeah, life. Charlie's. In fact, he performs himself as well. Yeah. He sings and plays an instrument, I think, a guitar maybe. But just about anybody you can think of that's in in the news, um, he knows them or knows really? of them. Or he's only recently moved to Marco Island. Up until recently, he had this. So he's sort of famous himself. Yes. What was his name? Um, Charlie, Charlie Blum. Blum. Uh, he's, look him up. Charlie he, he was a music producer, uh -huh. and he's got I don't, I don't know how many gold records. I didn't count them when I was there, but the, he's got. More, more than 20 gold records, they're all wow. over his wall. Wow. Uh, photos of him with all sorts of people. Okay. And when he goes to Las Vegas, I um, mean, know, he knows people that are performing, and if you happen to go with him, you can get backstage, which is really cool. Imagine that. So you've got a, what's your daughter doing? And my daughter, she's in Fort Collins in uh, Colorado. Colorado, yep. Yeah, she's studying. Um, Nature preservation, yep. but mostly like wildlife preservation. Well, that's a well-known agricultural college. We yeah. we worked there. We went there very briefly in the oh. early 90s, ah. doing research in the beef industry. Okay. So uh, you visited there, yeah. 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 We spent afternoon there. Okay. At the and university, so, and, but Fort yeah. Collins, we were there for weeks and weeks. Yeah, we were at Fort Collins. We went to the university. Fort Collins is really nice, though. It's a yes, real yes. like. Like a student town, I would yes. say, you know. So the the people on the streets are so young yes. everywhere. Like it's the opposite of Naples. No, we're all so well, old. That's the problem. Well, I'm feeling <laughs> that too, you yeah. know. But when you arrive in Naples and you look around, you just see so many old folks. It's just part of Naples, right? On Marco, yeah. our our demographics is changing. There's so many young it? people on Marco. It's, it is getting a lot better. Nice. When we first came to Marco 20 years ago. All the friends I made then were old, were retired guys. So I was uh, at the time 40, uh -huh. and they were 70. Oh yeah. Now okay, now yeah. I'm 59, turn 60 next September, and they're all dead. Oh yeah. Because they've gone from 70 to 90. If they're not dead, 
they're not there living in a condo anymore. So all the people they made friends with the first time, the, the, the memory of Craig Jones on Marco Island 20 years ago doesn't exist today because all the people that had the memory of me are gone. So I'm finding that in the last 20 years I keep watching really, I keep making friends with really bright and interesting people who have done amazing things and inevitably they up and die at some point because they're all a lot older than me. But uh, it sure is. Uh, yeah, that's I, Michael Allen. I knew yeah. John Collins, the man who went round the moon when Old, Aldrin and Armstrong went onto the moon. Oh, really? So you knew that guy. He was in. Yeah, Marco he lived Island on Marco too. Island. I've got an, an E-type Jaguar, and he loves my E-type. He died last year. He died last year. So, uh, oh. but he was jogging right up until a couple of years ago. Amazing fellow. Wow. So you've got a son, what, the other one was. And, so, and, and so my daughter finished the story is that because you mentioned of my son that he is basically studying his his passion. Yes, right? good idea. And with with exactly and with my daughter that's the same thing because we have a farm in, in Haiti and with a lot of animals. Yes. And Sidious was always with the animals. She just loved the dogs and the cats and the rabbits and the goats and the horses and the this and the that. All the animals that we had, or yeah, I had over there. And um, so I would say that she also like is studying her, her life's passion. I think yeah, she's always been very connected to. She the sounds animals. a compassionate human. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy for them. And then uh, the youngest son, he's still with us. He's 17. Well, he he's still making, and he's still making up his mind a bit. I'm sure. Exactly. He has no clue what he wants to study, but he loves sports, and so he's all into soccer and training every day and getting better at it. Is he is he good enough to be a professional athlete? We let's say yes. It, there's definitely a possibility uh, in that, and uh, it, it's all about hard work. I think. Yes. Also. Does he have the heart and the passion to try? I think next, so. Next question, of course. Because yeah. if it's a good hobby, then it's a good hobby. But if that's the case, he needs to find something to do that will <laughs> feed him as well. Yeah. But so I think that he definitely does. Now, how high he, maybe he will be playing in Turkey instead of like professional soccer instead of yep. in, the, in the UK, for example. You know? But the, you know, anything like that would be a remarkable experience. I think so too, yeah. Or, or smaller clubs in the Netherlands, or smaller clubs here in the US, you know? Because here also you have like the, the, the MLS, the professional yes. league. We have top athletes and, and minor athletes in there, you know? And, but uh, at his age though, he, he could just as well have not found his passion yet anyway. No, but the good thing with him is also that he would like to study. And the US is so good for that because you can yeah. go to college Yes. Play really high level sports and get a degree. In yeah, you come out of it with, you know, as, a, yeah. as an accountant. Well, that's or like a plan B, also. Yeah. Yes. He's right. Yeah. And and that's what he wants to do. And because yeah. they want um, people that are good at sports because that's how they generate their that's income. You know, ultimately, if he does some form of degree that gives him a, a business management degree, then he can always tie that into his passion when he's no longer young enough to be a professional exactly. sportsman, become a manager for professional sportsmen or whatever, exactly. and, yeah. and, and use his degree in his love. Yeah. You know, marry, marry some skills together that make him unique. 
Yeah, that's also what he's been talking about. That he, or maybe, uh, maybe uh, like uh, something medical, like physiotherapy, yes. or then the, something and going to sports, sports. physiotherapy. Exactly. So if you can find a, a related something or rather that you're interested in, and then marrying the two together, then it's probably going to give you a lot of mutual joy too throughout your life. Yeah, exactly. And people so, do do far better in the world if they're doing things they like doing. Right. That's so, so true. A lot of wisdom to be, go be the ballerina if that's what you want to be. That's so true. Because you probably do it well. And not yeah. mind the sacrifices required to make it happen. And, and not always let the money uh, talk first, right? Yeah, I found the when I've done come. things that I've been passionate about, often the money flowed, flowed consequential. Exactly. But it wasn't the wasn't the focus it was the passion that cre created the that outcome but it was the passion without the passion none of it would have happened so true. No. so true it's easy to spend a long long time doing something you love doing and it holds your focus and your attention and you don't get bored and you don't want to go do anything else because you're having fun if i can get a job if i can get something to do like that i'm an entirely happy human so, do you enjoy driving? That's exactly true. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I love driving. I love driving itself, and I like meeting people. Yeah. Yes. And so, and that is why the, the Uber is uh, so nice to me. Yeah. And then what I do with it, I record my rides. Yes, okay. And if you want, I can publish it to my YouTube channel. Oh, if you oh, wish. Wonderful. I have a YouTube channel, and I publish my rides oh, how wonderful. there. That's cool. Okay, you need to... Um, you like that idea? Yes, yes, you and need to make sure we have your contact card as well. There, there we go. Thank you. One and two. Oh, thank you. And then I'll publish it probably tonight or tomorrow. Okay. The videos of today. And then if, if you see it and you, you change your mind and just... No, no, we won't involved. change your mind. No, we won't change your mind. We're, um, we're extroverted. I can tell, yeah. yeah. We're about to start a YouTube channel ourselves. Oh, really? That is so um, cool. We've been, Craig's a master carpenter and ah. a classic car restorer and we've just about finished our house, it's a Frank Lloyd Wright replica, um, well inspired I guess and it's, it's really beautiful, there's lots of wood in it and it's an amazing house. The house where I picked you up? Yes. We've, we've rented that house for two and a half thousand dollars per night. Wow. So. In, the inside of it is all uh, hand-built custom furniture with tables that change heights and glass floors over swimming pools and LED lighting on wooden ceilings and big curved wooden bench tops. It's, the whole house is handcrafted with a lift-up, uh, a li big lift-up door that raises up and opens up a staircase that takes you down to a, a speakeasy with a uh, with a secret bedroom in it. Wow. So the house is all full of... Uh, and you, you did all of that? Yes, I can make anything. And it's part, fun, part of my photographic memory, I'm very I'm mechanically gifted with a photograph. I'm a left-handed dyslexic with a genius for mechanical things. I can make just about anything. Wow. So it's been my gift in life. It allowed me to go anywhere in the world because you need one of them, mate? Oh, of course, I can do that. How much did you say you'd pay me? So I've always been able to feed myself because I know enough about enough things to 
be able to do lots of things. But the next project now, the house is done. The house done. Okay, here comes the next one. Yeah. Um, it, it would be a shame not to pass on the skills to enthusiastic people and teach them how to make whatever they wanted out of wood or restore um, a classic car. We've got a 19... It's a, we have it. This is Bromman's father's 1928 Austin 7. You know a little baby Austin, Austin. motor car? Uh, sort of. Like, oh, it's a really miniature 750cc four-cylinder motor car from 1928. 1928. It's complete but entirely ruined and unrestored. So what I wanted to do is uh, get four young people and uh, get them to uh, get a grant and they can pay to come and join me and I will over a three or four month period dismantle the whole thing with them fully rebuild it, build a new body, re rebuild the diff, the engine, the gearbox, the suspension, That's super. and repair every single broken, and turn it back into a brand new 1928 Austin 7. Oh, you've got to document that well. And, and what we were thinking is doing that on the as a YouTube channel. Yeah, you should. Allow, it, allow to see, because the whole thing would get done in about three months, so uh -huh. it's not a, if you were to put up a, I don't know, what an hour a week or something, I guess, I don't know what you would, what, the, what would be appropriate but basically uh, there's an opportunity for a young person to the, the fifth young person I'd like to involve will be somebody yeah. who is mad keen on creating a, a, a YouTube channel yeah. and has an interest in old cars yeah. and what I'd let them do is do that whole thing yeah. and, and share with them whatever remunerations that come out of it but if they're passionate about old cars and building an internet channel I have the perfect content. Now you need a, a video editor. Yes, some, some young person. Because everybody, everybody has a phone in their pocket with a camera. Yeah. Yes. And if you have a, a few people with some good phones, you know, those can record the footage. Yes. But the work is really into the editing. Okay. Because this is no effort on my part. I yes. press start, I press go. It's running the whole day, that thing. But when I come home, I have to edit all these videos and that's really yes. the, that's the hours of work and that's why they need to be inspired I, we know very little about that yeah but a young person who wants that in their life exactly. is passionate about it what a great thing to be able to give them the opportunity to build such a thing yeah and uh, and we would get the reward of that would expose us to the world yeah. because after that I have an old 1949 Wolseley and I have a an old Rolls-Royce and I have a, a Jaguar and I have a uh, I want to build an aeroplane and I want to build a helicopter so I would happily continue with this process of it, the, the person making documentaries of the of all these things that have been created that's a shame uh, and um, and at the same time be paid by the through grants for the young people to come and learn oh that is such an awesome thing to do and so what what the children would get out of it ah. would be of course the ability to, to in the case of making not they can make they will have made a motor car oh, and they're they will learning have, uh, they're learning a, uh, a trade everything from the mechanical side of it through to making the wooden body and then clothing it in metal and you, know. you could actually also do a project like that maybe together with a technical school no? yes like maybe like a technical school would be looking for projects to put their students to work on and then we right. fought that as well. So yeah. 
part of the when we're away on holidays, we're going to be talking about how when we come back, yeah. how we're going to try and make that shape. But part of yeah. integrating that into the uh, travel company was that at the end of it, I'd like to take those four people to uh, England and take them to Longbridge where they made Austins or something of that oh, nature, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and take them to take them to the Bewley National Motor Museum or something like that in England and that would be part of it. The last week of the thing would be them being in England oh, and going awesome. having... Yeah. There's, a, there's a ship in, in Newcastle in the Science Museum in England called the Tabinia. Okay. And the Tabinia is the world's very first turbine ship. Oh look, they've got some airboats. Yes, down the right having the a ball out there, isn't it? They make so much noise. Yes, yes they I do. I heard right. it all the way over here. Sorry, it didn't interrupt. Well, the Tabinia still exists. It was made in 1890, and uh, she's at the museum. 1890, and, you can... and that—that's—that's that's a ship. Turbine, turbine-driven steamship. So steam not reciprocating ship. engine. We're talking a turbine like a jet engine, steam blowing propeller blades around. Really? Now, he couldn't get the Admiralty interested in it, huh. so what he did, the, the, the Royal, the British Royal Navy review happened at a place called Spithead, which is in the south coast of England, and the King stood, stood up on the end of this big mound of land, and the Royal Navy and every country in the Empire paraded ships before him, and he saluted the ships. And, they prayed it before the king who saluted them, and, and that happened every year or every couple of years that they come and. So these en these engines at this time were only capable of making these ships go like maybe 24 knots, maybe 28 knots at most, but that was, and only for very short periods of time. But that was super fast for those days. Yeah, that's what I mean. That was really the fastest anything really went. Exactly. Well, the Tabinia would do, I think, uh, 38 or 42 knots, and it was oh, a, really, and it was 100. And five feet long I think so she wasn't little but uh, what he what he did is he came up through the uh, so all the empire's navies are being displayed before the king and the king's watching and they come through the middle of it all and carved everything up they flat out you know, 42 knots or whatever just literally round everything and just and the king of course went what the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at which point uh, of course they had to take his turbine seriously because there was nothing in the British Navy that could keep up with it. Yeah. So, uh, so well, did his engines then get used then afterwards or not? Well, the the the, the concept, the concept yeah. of turbine engines took off at that point, and then they obviously lots of people in different companies developed versions of turbine engines, and eventually they made them better and better, of course. So, but he is nevertheless the starter of the, the person who started the process. That may have well been also the precursor to uh, jet engines. Well, that, yes it is, but that was the first jet engine patent by Sir Frank Whittle was taken out in 1932. So the, the jet engine is now... It was about with an Englishman. Yes. I so thought that the Germans had the first jet engines. They, no, they had the first jet aircraft, the Heinkel 177 was the first jet aircraft to fly. To fly, okay. okay. But the English invented it actually. Yeah, Whittle did and he couldn't again right. get to, he was an RAF pilot and uh, he displayed before the king, he was a very accomplished pilot. Mm -hmm. 
but he couldn't get the uh, air ministry to uh, take him seriously about his jet engines. And he very, very uh, gradually developed a an engine uh, called the uh, W1 Whittle One, okay. and it, it proved to be proved of concept. Did and that go on the, on the Meteor? No, but later the Meteor was like that was a uh, early Rolls Royce uh, Derwent's on the Meteor. Oh, uh, well, that wasn't that the first English jet fighter? The Meteor. Yes, but the first English jet to fly uh -huh. is the Gloucester um, W. 4328, which is 43 was for 1943, and I think it was a 28th contract put out or something. Oh, yeah. That aircraft exists too, and that is the really? first aircraft to uh, fly in England, and it had a prototype Whittle engine in it. Wow! So, um, and when they moved it from airfield to airfield, it had to have a an escort with RAF fighters to make sure that nobody come along and try to shoot it down because it was a one-off type. So. Someone might think it was an enemy aircraft. Right. Um, the only aircraft that could keep up with it was the uh, Sabre with the three and a half thousand horsepower engine in it, going into an emergency war boost regularly just to keep pace with the thing. Jeez. It was that much faster than, and this is just his first off shot at the uh, and trying to make a jet aircraft. But his his uh, engines are. Uh, centrifugal flow engines we're about to see most of the jet engines that were uh, produced in Germany the they were actual flow engines so there are there's some different uh, fundamental uh, nature in how they operate so the, the, the jet flow engine how did you say that there's a coaxial engine ah. and that's driving normally a two-stage uh, turbine You've got to keep every all the air inside a jet engine has got to remain subsonic. So otherwise, it'll uh, the shock wave will put the fire out. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so you get shock waves developing. The the SR seventy fun seventy one the, the Blackbird has those big funnels on the very fronts of the motors, uh -huh. and what they do is they move in and out, and they effectively make the hole smaller so that the only enough air can get in there. That the engine can process it at a subsonic speed. Oh, really? So they keep making that hole smaller and smaller and smaller, um, so the engines are not o not don't blow out. So wow, uh, you you are a walking um, ivory, I would say. A vague, yeah, a vague information. <laughs> Jeez, an overload, man. Jeez. But you know what? I'd love to. Oh, I'd love okay. to take somebody to uh, England, group of people in England, yeah, oh yeah, and show them the Tabinia. Yeah, but also like those four students that you're looking for. So where are you going to look for them? Well, that's all to be thought out. Yeah. We. I tell you, when you want to start something, we're we're trying to build a picture of what we'd like it to look at, look yeah. like, and then we'll try and work out where to find the pieces that make it look like that. Well, exactly, right? So, plus it's you don't know what you don't have until you have a think about what you think you want. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm certain about this, though. <laughs> well, like that we're, we're creating something from nothing, and we do that really well. And it's inspiring to the kids that we've got five kids to see we that... We have five. Yeah, we've got a TV in the end. You're a little ahead of me. They're yeah, almost our, the same age though, but... Our yes. youngest one um, is 25, uh -huh. and she's she wanted to be a circus performer, oh, a really? silks performer, 
she wanted to go to Florence and learn to be an interior designer but her other brothers and sisters said get yourself a feed yourself job because a university degree doesn't help you when you want to make money or you're trying to buy a house or you just you need a feed yourself job and then go to college so you, you, how do you call it a feed yourself feed job, yourself job. You get a skill that pays you well enough that you can you don't have to live in poverty whilst you try and get a, a, a college degree as such and just yeah. get yourself a, a basic skill that you can pedal out and it'll keep you uh, it'll, it'll look after you whilst you're and then try to develop your yes, hobby so, kind of thing. Yes. So it's, it's she decided that mm -hmm. if she become a cosmetologist, everybody, whether it's a recession or it's it's boom time, everybody needs their hair cut or coloured. So she went off and did cosmetology school. Cosmetology? Um, I'm a hairdresser. Oh, that's always good. So she works at the JW Marriott. Mm -hmm. um, she does mainly brides, bridal makeup, oh, wow. bridal hair. She earns between four and five thousand dollars a week. I was just going to say that money's no longer a problem for her no, right she's, anymore. She's, she's she well on the way to owning, owning her own place and she's 25. Wow. Her and her, her. Um, she's just had a baby, the baby's four months old, and her husband. Her husband um, oh, congratulations, just, sir, Thank you. So her husband works with Condi, the air conditioning people. But he's also a plumber, and he's really, he's yeah. really, really smart. Um, so he looks after the baby during the day and does on call for Condi from five till um, five to eight in the morning. Uh -huh. And she works at the salon. Um, she was happy to stay home, but she's a good little capitalist in in her attitude. She just likes. She wants to pay the house off. Yeah. They brought a house two years ago, and they've, they've only got a third of it to pay off now, so they almost wow, own it. Nice. That's always a good investment. Yes. Well, yeah, that comes. You back. know what? Yeah. The end result is currently they're living in a house, and they, if they just continue to pay their mortgage payment as usual, uh -huh. their rent is now, and you consider that a rent payment. Yeah. They've got their rent down to two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Oh wow! So, and their and their property, if you wanted to rent it, would be three and a half thousand so all that extra money now is able to go into you know things in their life that they want to achieve and in do in the future sure yeah so so effectively uh, by no, not we... paying rent for the next 30 years they're able to devote that to their lives and their experiences and the things they want to have and do and see it's such a smart investment really yes. to buy a home young and work really hard to pay it off yeah. while just while, while your children yeah. are still small yeah. just get it done the kids are cheap still relatively yes right and then you can put a lot of money to your home and that comes back to you later in life yes. gives you freedom right and yeah, you, you your money buys yeah. you freedom you also get right. to uh, enjoy the home and through that whole period much more so than you would a rental property so true because you're going to put up with things in a rental property I wish I had met you uh, when I was 25. <laughs> well, it's hard to explain to... I'm still renting. <laughs> it's hard to explain to kids yeah. to pay off the mortgage to get the PMI down. Yeah. Um, so that you're not paying as much interest. And it, it really is hard because... 
getting a young person to put off gratification for a long time is a That's hard thing for a young person to do. Because it is. when you're young, you're impatient and it's yeah. all about now. Exactly. And uh, what do you mean this will be good in 20 years' time or five years' time even? <laughs> five years' time, I'll probably be dead. <laughs> That's, that's our youngest, the next one is 30 and he's just brought a house and land package and he's going to build the house himself. He's a, he owns a business. We bought him a business when he was 14. You bought him a business? Well, well he, he had a smart mouth and we thought he'd yeah, get killed at high school. Well, more than that, he, <laughs> he wanted to leave school and I said you can't leave school until you get your year 12. Until you what? Until you graduate year 12. Okay, yeah. Okay. Or get your GED get, get or your, SAT yeah, or get, something. Get, get your year 12 and and don't even be trying to talk to me into letting you leave school until you've got that done. Okay, at that point, then fine, you can just talk about it. So he's a fairly bright boy, so he went and got it in like another 18 months. He, he brought oh, really? all the SAT oh, books. And he just did the whole bloody thing. And he comes to me and goes, there's my year 12, you know. I've got the um, SAT. GED thing done. Now you said I could leave school, and I said, "Ah, uh, if you leave school now, they'll probably come and put me in jail because you're too right. you're too young you're too to young, leave school." Yeah. So I, hope we enrolled him in homeschooling. Oh, I, so what was his goal to leave school? Why did he want to he leave hated school? It. He, he didn't, didn't like it. He, he didn't bright, like it. He didn't like it. He wanted to get on with the world. He thought the teachers are all stupid. And he, he's a little bit of an arrogant little bugger sometimes, but it's moved him well through the world as well. But at the end of that, I said, well, how about we, uh, I buy, a, he's very mechanically minded like I am, so, uh -huh. and he'd been learning a lot off me throughout his life. I said, well, buy a small engine business and I'll work with you for a few years. And when you're old enough to leave school, etc., um, you take the business over. Uh -huh. So that's effectively what we did. I bought a business, I, he worked with me in it, and he was enrolled in um, homeschooling at the time. So um, everybody, you know, thought he was at school and everybody was happy with that. So. Uh, this. Yeah, he just needs to get on with it, doesn't he? So, all these years later, he's still doing it. It's feeding him and his family, and he's building a house with the proceeds and all the rest. So, what a great outcome! It's served. It's been a. He's got a good woman in his life, and she's lovely. His wife's lovely, and he's brought a steel master kit house, and he brought a lot of land at Golden Gate Estates, and he's in the process of building his house. It's a two-story big barn house. Right from the point that he's had to, nice. had to get a machine in there to pile up all the dirt onto the building site. And so he's, st he's starting with a, a bare piece of land with trees and stuff on it. So he's he's cutting himself out a bit of nature. Oh, nice. <laughs> to make it where is this? Golden Gate Estates. It's, not, it's about... Uh, oh, the Estates? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Estates. Oh, so he's close? Yes, yeah. he's close. Oh, and United States are beautiful. And Lynn lives, right lives near the Botanical Gardens. In Naples. Oh. In, in Bayshore Drive area, which is just so up north. Your youngest. Uh, yes. Yeah. She, she bought a condominium in a gated community. She's the nice. little hairdresser. Is buying, a, buying her own little house as such. It's a, con, it's a condominium. Nice. And then the other three are in Australia. The oh, next they're all one. three in Australia. Oh, the next one, 
um, our son's in construction. He's a you call it when they're in charge of a project manager okay and um, in the companies working for are Irish based mm. and they're making all the train stations in Melbourne City underground um, so they're they're making underground train stations yeah, yeah. They're, they're making an underground like yeah, yeah basically is the railway lines going down the uh, Port Phillip Bay Oh. are all above ground and that, Melbourne has a great tram system on it and a good train system well those trains of course go through every single street and intersection and, and when you're trying to get around parts of Melbourne you end up hitting train lines all the time in the, yeah. in the middle of you know, lots of built up built up buildings and shops and then there'll be a little gap and there'll be a train line and the gates will come down and, and so they're very, very one dangerous but also pretty inconvenient to the whole world to have the trains yeah. coming through frequently and quickly but so they're, they're trying Lisa, to this is not metro this is train yeah, yeah that's what, train. what what they're trying to do now mm. is put all that underground so they've done so a, that's a much bigger job than building a metro yes the train yes. is a much bigger machine yes so well these are electric trains of course so yeah yeah like in the Netherlands we have yeah. some of those too. so but they're, they're trying to get the um, get rid of all the junctions and crossroads that are littered through and initially they're doing it on all the like big major streets yeah, so it's still yeah, probably yeah. going to be a problem on the secondary streets but mm -hmm. so they're not burying the whole thing they're burying yeah, them the, over major under major roads which means that's a half mile long tunnel though because by right. the time you start digging a hole in the ground and get it deep enough and then pop out the other side you've covered half a mile right, 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 right. but he's always had a passion for building but he didn't go to college, he worked his way up. His idea was I, I wanna do the I wanna do the digging in the dirt before it comes up. So he went to a labour company and he worked his way up all the way through the ranks. Because until, he's smart. Yes. He gets up there. It's, he's like he reminds me of my brother. My brother started working at companies also on the bottom, so to speak, you know, like yep. uh, driving those little uh, trucks that lift stuff. The forklift? Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's driving those and then finally he became a manager of the, the storage uh, space and then uh, eventually he ran the business. Yeah. Yes. And now he's a director of many schools and he does all sorts of other things, but he got way up there. Yes, yes, and he started yes. out driving the forklift. Yeah, he started off from the bottom, but he always kept studying. And that's you know, what, that's that what Morgan does. He knows stuff and he, he gets licenses for all sorts of stuff that the company pays for him. smart yeah. to get the licenses. Then you become more valuable for a company. Yeah, yeah smart. And Sounds to me also that your kids really also found their passion. Yes. The, the, next one, the next one works for a cyber security company. Okay. Um, that um, it's internet based. She's a okay. executive assistant to the CEO. Um, and, All right. 
are based in Melbourne, but it's an international company and she just loves what she's doing. And she's Great. just got her master's degree in project um, marketing. Um, so she's IT based. Yes. By the way, have you seen this visitor center? Are you, yes, you've yes. Li we've been lived here. here many years. So yeah, yeah, we've been, been here many 20 years. years we've been here. The other day I visited here with my son and uh, so many alligators, it's yes. amazing. Yes, they, they, it's, they uh, And this is so beautiful. Yes. You know, they remind you of the dinosaur Oh, certainly, times. they're, they're like, prehistoric, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They don't look civilized, do they? <laughs> no, you, it wouldn't care whether it bit you or bit a dog. <laughs> and then and then if you if you look at them for you have to look at them for like five minutes or so before they take a breath yes and they do breathe of course but like once every five minutes when they're just sitting there enjoying the sunshine you see their belly go up and go small just like once every five minutes it's amazing yes we do live in a remarkable place yeah we do yeah this is a remarkable can you actually um tell me where i should if i want to see the everglades and especially like I don't like the airboats, it's too noisy for me. But if I want to be discovering the Everglades as a as a walker, as a as a hiker, There's a, where would I go? There, there is, um, if you Google it, there's lots of people that do um, kayak tours through the Everglades. Yeah, those are nice. I did that once. Yeah. Um, but there are the park near when we came out of Marco and turned right onto 41 to. Now, just down the road a few miles was the National Park, Seminole, yeah. Seminole National Park. Oh. You can go and camp there, for instance. You can take a canoe along. And, but there's also one just north of Fort Myers called Love Lake or something. Is it? What's it called? No, but the one that you just described is around the corner from us. Because yes. Because I live in Naples, so. Yes. You so come along right 40. Where, so and you turn onto the 41. Yes. Seminola Park? Yes. Yes. Something like that? Yes. Yeah. When you come back this way, uh -huh. you'll actually go past, it'll be on our, our right hand side right now. So mm -hmm. uh, keep an eye out of it as you get close. And it's a, you can go in there and you, and you, uh, you can get a permit to camp for the night. And, or a uh, week. Or a week or whatever, yes. Or just I'm go not visit. Not much it. of a camper, but uh, it's actually a good idea. And so do they also have rentals for the kayaks over there? I don't know. They should. But, um, kayaks, I'll look it up though. Yeah. For, fortunately you can buy yourself a, a kayak from from uh, Walmart for $280 sort of dollars, $250, that sort of if you were to, if you were enjoying if you enjoyed the thought of going kayaking, it's not a dreadfully large investment to It's true. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you went on uh, you could buy a second-hand one for sixty dollars, probably oh. hundred dollars or whatever. So, so true. Eh? So, and yeah. canoeing is is fun. It is really. You can buy a little canoe now that um, you pedal, and I think it drives a propeller like a like a pedal car oh, did I when saw you were a kid. You you pedal it yes. with your feet. Yes. And, and a, then, like you cycle it as a yes. as a bicycle, but then it moves the propeller that moves it forward. Yes, that would be a. Actually, that's a great idea. I'd prefer that over uh, over uh, having to paddle the damn thing, you know. I imagine you probably still want to paddle so you can steer, but uh, 
That's not too hard to do. It has those that you're talking about. They have a little lever on the right side that you can steer with. Okay, so, so you, it has you a steer with your hand. So it does have a tiller on it. Okay, that's easy. A then. little, uh, a little uh, rudder on the back. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get a six pack from that. No, so but you. The six pack comes from working you, your shoulders and your arms and your belly. Yeah, but you'll still have a nice day. <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> It'll still be a nice day. That's true. And you'll have lovely biceps. Yeah, that's true. Any good, good. Uh... And you'll have nice legs, okay? Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> Get your shirt on and wear shorts. <laughs> show off I your like legs. That. Show off the legs. Yeah. There you go. So you're like my fetlocks. <laughs> I bet you get a lot far further though with your legs because the legs are the look at the, the legs compared to my arms. So the legs are much much stronger. Yes. So it's probably more energy efficient to go further with a leg powered yes, boat I would, than I would, it is with the I would say so boat. too because you're yeah. you're going to you can do thing you can walk for hours. Yeah, exactly. But you're but not on your hands. You're not normally <laughs> doing things with your hands for hours. Exactly. Now, but I just checked that I had my passport. <laughs> Are you checking to see if you have your passport? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You might. Now would be the time to do that, like yeah, an hour ago. Yeah. What time is your flight, did you say? 7... 7.21. Oh, you got plenty of time. Yes. Um, we're on an upgrade list, so want to make sure that we get upgraded. The earlier you're there, the more likely it is that they might give you an upgrade. Oh really? Okay. You mind if I pass this one too? Go right ahead, you My wife always tells me no. Ah. No, she doesn't like that. Like stepping on air then. I drive most I brought cars from Australia, so um, four of our cars drive from the opposite side. Oh, and, of course. And, and the only trouble with that, if I do want to overtake, I've got to get well, well back so I can, you know, move the nose of the car over the centre line so I can see. Right. And you don't want to do that unless you see far enough ahead to get back to your own side. Right. So if you don't have a very powerful car, you can't really overtake because you simply can't get way, way back there and then time, get yeah. past it quickly. Right. So uh, you need your passenger, you need to move to move over a little and say to the passenger, is it safe to is overtake? It, can I go now? <laughs> yes, exactly. And trust that they've, they've got enough sense to uh, judge that you can do it. So, well, if your passenger is somebody who drives, it's probably okay. Yes. Like, you wouldn't want to ask a child. You no, know, not your seven-year-old. Like, Can we do this? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I, I, I kick it hard, but we can do it. <laughs> I see that happening too. Yes. Yes. No. Right, no bad you are with number four. Oh. Here comes number five. Um, number five. Um, she was a passionate ballet dancer, and she went to performing arts college in Sydney and studied classical ballet to be a classical ballerina. Wow. Um, she performed at the Opera House. She did. Um, she went on to be to go to Melbourne and study all forms of dance. Wow. Have you ever heard of um, a book called Mao's Last Dancer? 
um, Chairman Mao, it was made into a movie. Oh. Chairman Mao um, in the early... Cultural Revolution. Um, he went to the villages and chose boys that he thought would be good for ballet. Uh -huh. And he um, took them from their families okay. and made them into ballet dancers. And it was a pretty harsh life for them. And this young boy, he escaped China into England. Then he, with his mum, they walked over. They walked over the Tibetan borders and um, escaped. They went to England. Then they went to America, and he got citizenship there. And then they went to Australia. Well, he was one of um, Kara's dance teachers in wow. Melbourne. And she gave me the book to read, but she didn't tell me he was famous. And when I said that's an amazing story, she said, Oh, would you like to meet him? He's one of my teachers. Wow. Well, maybe you should have told me that before I read the book. <laughs> right. Paid more attention. <laughs> anyway, um, she has three children now. And she's um, a yoga teacher. She also is a relocation expert. So if you go to Melbourne and your company's relocating you, the company that she works for um, would make sure that the schools were in place for you, that you knew how to open a bank account, they'd find your accommodation. How to put the power on or the gas on or how to get your car registered or, or so they, they'll help you settle into another country. So she works for a company that helps other companies to relocate their personnel. Yes. yes. Wow, that's I've never heard of a job like that, but of course that needs to be. It's called a relocation oh, consultant. Okay. So she'll get retained by a company for a couple of days, uh -huh. and um, she'll do a whole bunch of. And she'll get told what they're looking for. She'll go out and make all the uh, preliminary organised things, and then when they arrive, she'll spend a day taking them to a few choices of houses, for instance, and they'll pick one of them, and she'll then facilitate them getting the kids enrolled and yeah. whatever. That's such a nice service to have though. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then she also um, works for a company that decorates at Christmas time, but places like the JW Marriott or the Ritz Carlton, um, they will put... Um, Big Christmas trees. 34 oh, really? Christmas trees in their foyers and decorate. <laughs> She's a professional Christmas tree decorator. <laughs> Wow. On a yeah, scissor, 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 yes. yes, on a scissor lip things because big trees that you find in a hotel for you. Oh really? Because it was not conducive to teach ballet easily or no, to I, dance when yeah. you have children. Her children are seven, eleven, and thirteen. I mean, already, yeah, yeah. Because ballet is really a top sport. Yes. You can do that as long as you're young and flexible, yeah. and then become a teacher or. Yeah, or not. Well, yes. She couldn't do it because of her children. She a ballet uh, teacher. She had a ballet school t teaching little ones to dance, but she said the parents were a pain. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, but then she was teaching so, yoga at school. <coughs> um, but she enjoys what she's doing at the moment. And, and they study something, they do something, then their life evolves. So as long as they can evolve with it and find something that fits in with their life, if they're smart enough, they'll keep 
keep educating themselves and yeah as i if i counted correctly you have three daughters and two boys yes Oh, you guys have been blessed. Seven grandchildren. Seven grandchildren. Wow. Yeah. I tell mine uh, to please, please wait yes. <laughs> for my grandchildren. I mean, I'd love them uh, to see them in the future, but uh, yeah, they're still in school, so. Yeah, special, special message for the 17-year-old, especially. Exactly. <laughs> the older ones are somewhat to blame for themselves at this point. Right. Luckily, all our children were established. Um, Lynn's husband desperately wanted a baby and Lynn said oh, I think I want one I've always wanted one but I'm not sure I'm ready but they just adore their little baby she's so pretty and she's so bossy though they they can't they can't believe how much in control she is at 16 weeks no she knows what she likes knows what she wants knows I'll complain loudly if it doesn't go her way that's true. Eh? We're all born with a passion for life, so to speak. And we know yes. the things that we like and we want certain things. And there's yes. always these parents that say no, not yet, or wait. All these well, words that you don't want to hear. You can only let your children do things that you're confident they can do, and therefore they're capable of more than you allow them to do, which was perpetually frustrating to them. As it was to you when your parents stopped you. Exactly. But at the same time, their wisdom, retrospectively, you didn't hurt yourself as much as you would have, in various ways, left to your own devices. Yeah, the, the artist, I think, also to give them as much freedom as possible, right? Yes. Let them explore. And, ma and make mistakes. And yeah, bear, the, bear a yeah. few consequences of stupidity, so yeah. that they understand that you know what you do need to be smart in life because some things will bite you. Yeah. If you continue doing it, it will bite you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you got away with a, with a bang on the top, top of your head for your stupidity, that's a good start to go learn and move on. Exactly. And so many people prevent kids from anything bad happening. But if you don't know bad, how do you know good? And it's life's like a swing. You, you've Isn't got to it? go up to come back. If, if, if you're just sitting and it's stable, you're not learning anything. You're yeah, not out of your comfort so zone. Sometimes I also think that it's the, the whole human experience is also based on the fact that if this is a planet that revolves around the sun and so and around itself, so you have seasons and you have uh, day and night. Yes. But that reflects in you in our personalities as well. So that's yes. why there's good and bad, I yes. think. Yes. Because there's there's no such thing as good and bad for a lion. No. A lion doesn't do bad things. And there's no other lion going to say, hey, you did something bad. No, it's not how. Well, you know, to some extent, though, animals do ostracize one another. You'll see, they correct ever, each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a it's bunch true. of horses together? One of the horses has been. Um, or being unpleasant, they'll all bite That's that true, horse, right? and they'll also turn their back on the horse, and they'll they'll separate it from the herd until it oh. learns to be pleasant. Oh, really? So, so there is that. The animal kingdom does have a bit of that. You know, we don't like what you're bloody doing, and you're going to do so better or else. So they will ostracise one another. Huh. 
I did not know that about horses though. I could have mentioned that with monkeys. Well, they're the same yeah. in that sense. They have social structure. Yeah. As soon as that is a herd. Yeah. yeah. So once you get social structure, you want to be part of something, then you're also susceptible to doing what you're told. Yeah. That's so true. But you're right, the yin and yang, um, the, the yin is, for everybody, everything that's good, something is bad and everything that's bad, there's some good in it. Because the, the, the black and white yin things, the white one has a black dot and the exactly. black one has a white dot, just yeah. reminding you that. Yes, there there's is. a lot of shades of grey out there and they all have their points. But it, because it is like yeah, day and night. Yes. The way the earth revolves. You're right. And um, it, and that has an influence on our characters. The other day I had a lady in the car, and she read my horoscope, and it scared me actually, how precise that was. And this is based on the planets. Yeah. Yes. Wait, wait. That means that the planet Venus and Mars and Pluto and all of these, Uranus you mentioned, and the Sun of course, and the Moon the most, they all have an influence on our characters. Yes. And our wantings and, and do's and don'ts and things like that. Yes. And th th isn't that just magic in a way to realize that life, that everything is connected. Now it is easy to say with a tree that it's connected to my being because I breathe, both living organisms. It's, yeah, and I breathe the oxygen that a tree produces and it needs my CO2 that I exhale to exist. So it's part of my being. I can, f and, and of course the planets too, right? It's, everything is, is part of being alive. Yes. Do you want to know um, what, I'll tell you something that you, uh, is fascinating. Bromman's heard this before, so I've told other people. Do you know the purpose of lightning? The purpose of lightning yes. to discharge, uh, I think, I'm just making this up now, I, I don't know. But okay, I what happens is it does discharge. There's three types of lightning. There's CG lightning, which is cloud to ground. Okay. And we know a bit about that one because it's the one we're most scared of. Right. What with us standing on that ground at times. Then you've got CC lightning, which is cloud to cloud lightning. You see that in the clouds sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. see it bouncing from one cloud to the next. Right. But the most, nearly all lightning is actually CI, which is cloud internal. And that's because the top and the bottom of the clouds get charged in, um, in opposites. And then the discharge through the middle is that great big spark, which we see as lightning. Now what that is, is plasma. And what the plasma mm. does inside mm. the cloud is it oxidizes nitrogen out of the atmosphere into the water mm -hmm. and that's why rainwater makes your garden grow so nicely because it's been nitrogen enriched by lightning inside the cloud. Uh -huh. So the lightning turns rainwater into fertilizer that we can drink. Can you imagine that? <laughs> now that's the purpose. So you're actually saying that's the purpose of lightning. It turns water into fertilizer. Uh -huh. To make now isn't it amazing that the, the, the whole thing has evolved like that? That's an amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, can't, and, it can't and, be accident. It's so perfect. Yeah. Oh, well, well oh. yeah. No, yeah. We obviously plants that like nitrogen have got to prosper in that environment, of course. Yeah. 
because had it been acidic, I, I guess plants that were acidic would have prospered instead. Right. Of course, so so the, the result is not unexpected, but it's amazing that it occurs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that we're here. <laughs> yeah, it is rather, isn't it? For how long is it now, I guess? There is more and more talk also that we're the only ones. I don't think so. I, you know what? If out of trillions of planets and trillions of stars with trillions and trillions of planets around right, it, right? Uh, and who's this, uh, and I don't think they're driving along in a Chrysler Voyager. Uh, the, the they could be anything that we can, can't even Pacifica. We can't even <laughs> begin to imagine what other life forms might actually be like. That's but it's scary. hard hard for me to believe that. Out of the trillions and trillions of opportunities, this was the only one that bore fruit. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we'll ever maybe be able to reach out and identify these things, but I'd be very surprised that there wasn't a lot of other types of existences out there in the universe. Yeah, so that what they did is they they made a calculation of what is the chance that that humans evolve, and so being the pinnacle of nature, sort of, yes. so to speak, and that we're the only ones that seem to build roads and homes and ships and stuff, radios and what if you not. Um, the chance that intellectual life evolves is also one in the trillions of trillions. Oh, certainly. And so that negates the trillions of planets out there, their life could be. The chance that it happens again may not exist. Oh no, that, that's, cer so that, that's that, certainly a possibility. You know, and well, you're very open-minded. But I think that. Say it like that, yeah. I, th I think that if I had to, if you could ultimately get an answer, I'd be far more likely to believe there's other form. And I said they don't necessarily aren't but water-based. They could be bigger, smaller. Unintelligent, yeah. really yeah. intelligent. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, that there is life, like as in plants and, and animals on other planets, that must be, right? That's what I'm but getting at. And, and therefore, that's life, that's alien life, isn't it? If it it's true. Originated in another planet, that's what it would be. But to then, us. intellectual life that we can communicate with, with radio signals and ships and stuff like that. That, yeah. that, that is not, not a story. Okay, all the spectrums of frequencies of light that mm. we see as humans, mm. in, in all the frequencies available of light, mm. we see a very, very small, small oh, part of, yeah, of the percentage of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so the fact that we're televising radio noises out into the world, out into the universe, <laughs> it could well be that <laughs> absolutely nobody else is anywhere near those frequencies to even care. It doesn't mean that they're not doing something in their own uh, own spheres, but yeah, and, and if we do find some other life form, the most likely thing we tend to do to it is kill it normally. So, we're, we're if anything, we're naturally fairly aggressive beings, because we're that way with each other. Yeah, they'd probably uh, be afraid of us. Well, correctly so, we'd be afraid of them, and the best thing we could probably do is kill them on that basis. Right. So, that's our conclusion. <laughs> that's how that tends to work. Let's say hello. No, let's just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that'll make them angry? 
now we'll kill them anyway. <laughs> so basically, what we did in the past. This has always worked out well before. Just ask right. any oppressed nation. When we came to these to, to these lands yeah. from Europe, wow, we weren't friendly to the Indians, were we? No, we gave them smallpox. I've teased the Americans a little about Thanksgiving is when the Indians fed the pilgrims because they were starving to death. Didn't we half pay the Indians back? so fast that sometimes it's impossible to avoid it. When I went to Australia mm. early last year now, the, uh, I borrowed my parents' car the day I got there, hit a kangaroo and smashed the front of it. No. So I had to go, they got up in the morning, I had to look my mum and dad, it was like I was 17 ago, oh I crashed the car last night mum and dad. Wow. <laughs> so, so you uh, said that was last year? Yeah, that was in uh, February. So there, your mom and dad are alive in... In Tasmania. Tasmania, so wow. I was in Tasmania twice last year. But the first time I crashed their car, and whilst I was there, I had to fix and repaint the front of their car. So part of, you, my, uh, part all, of my visit entailed doing the body work on their car where I'd smashed it. Now went your holidays. Yes. <laughs> but so, so kangaroos are not very smart then, or they... No, this was a, a wallaby, in fact, which is a smaller version of a kangaroo. They okay. just topped out of the out of the scrub, and I was turning a corner, and I was only doing about 30 mile an hour, but you know. But they didn't hear you come in. Ah, uh, probably not. They, they, they're they, a bit like deer. They're a bit like deer. You know, you wouldn't trust they would oh, suddenly turn around and run smart. back or something. Right. No, deer are not very smart. No, so they're, they're likely to do something stupid and actually run out in front of you when they could have just stood there or exactly, turned yeah. back or. So, and being the front of the little car was, you know, plastic bumper bar and plastic yeah, headlight yeah, yeah. and everything. And that's a big animal, yeah. Yeah, and I said a wallaby's a smaller kangaroo, but still it would have be uh, 35 pound, hit at 30 mile an hour, so there was enough to do damage to the car. I'd like to see that one day. I'd like to visit one day. Australia is a, a very interesting place to see. Yeah, is it? It's huge, no? Oh yes. It's huge. You, most of it you don't. Most of it you wouldn't bother to see because it's right, just desert. It's just as desert and stuff here. Yeah, so, right. um, and that's uninteresting. You might go look at Ayers Rock if you were that interested, but once you've done that, you would have actually seen the equivalent of like 85% of the place. 
but the rest of the other, the rest yeah, of it, that, that coast, coast and across the bottom, area, that, yeah. that would still take you, uh, uh, I mean, take you in a months and months and months to look at the rest of it. It's still huge. Yeah, yeah. So, how many million? Uh, What's people? the population? Yeah. Uh, about 30 million, I think. 30 million? 20, 28 million, something like that. That's something like the UK or not? Well, UK, I think, has more than that. Um, oh, really? Okay. I'm not Imagine sure. Imagine that, eh? Imagine um, that because the Australia is its own continent. <laughs> well, well, they had this, the population of Australia is equal to the one in Florida. Yeah, it's 28, 30 million. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Amazing. And Melbourne has got, I think, three and a half, four million people in it. And I think Sydney's got a similar amount of people in it. So, like, the two biggest cities have probably 25, 30% of the nation's population in them, though. So, the, the rest of the space has got a, there's a fair bit of space between a lot of people in a lot of places. Wow. Have you been here before, the Everglades no. Park? No. Haven't we been there to the uh, art centre in there? Before we went to look at paintings in there once. It's funny, that's where all the tourists go and then people that live here have never been there. <laughs> yes. we, we live on a tropical island, I don't go to the beach very often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a world-class six-mile-long crescent beach. Yeah. yeah. People would die to live here on the beach and yeah. I go, oh, hum, ha, I'm busy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I've got things to do. And things yeah. to do, but on, off to the beach. You don't really want to go on a holiday inside your own town either. No, because you, you always drive past your own house and go, well, I should be mowing the lawn. <laughs> it's not like a holiday then, is it? So no, where in it? Naples do you live, Mark? On uh, Davis, near the airport. That's yes. nice and central. It is actually. It's 10 minutes from the downtown and the yeah. beaches. And uh, yes. the public's nearby, which is convenient. And then, uh, yeah, it, Naples is nice. There's not so much to do, but that's okay. We got Miami nearby, and I eventually got used to driving to Miami for family visits and things like yes. that. We got some family. My uh, wife's sister lives in Miami. And is, is your wife Dutch or is she American? Neither. She's Haitian. Oh, okay. Yeah, met her in Haiti. And now, are you and we're Ameri we have dual nationalities. We're Australian and American. Okay. Are you? You're obviously Dutch, I would imagine, by birth. Right. And are you an American now? No. No, I've only lived here for two years. Okay. So we were before here. We we, we were living in Haiti. Yes. And um, for about six years, and before that in Mexico for my work. Uh, what so did you? What do you do? I'm an IT consultant. Okay. So what I do is basically is uh, websites, databases, um, systems, right, um, and just managing the help desk. Uh, basically for one non-profit that takes care of orphans in Central America okay. and okay. South America. Do you and, do uh, it for other people as well, or not? IT? No, not too much. I'll help my mom and dad yeah. with their IT uh, trouble, but. Uh, no, I, I don't really, because this is a, that's a full-time job that I have with them. And uh, it doesn't pay great, so that's why I'm also doing some Uber yeah. on the side. Um, but they stole my heart, and it's such good work that yes. I just 
Yeah. Don't you feel good about what you were doing. Exactly. You feel good about what you're doing, and that is uh, that's important to me. Yeah. We met um, in the Make a Wish Foundation. She. She's you met in the Wake Make a, Make she a start, Wish Foundation. She started the Make a Wish Foundation in Tasmania. She founded it there. Wait. Back in you, the, Well, not the whole, only the branches. No, it's, she founded the Tasmanian branch of the Make a Wish Foundation. Because uh, the children were dying before people could come across and um, make their wishes happen. Uh -huh. And so, how did you then both were connected to that foundation? I was the. I was a uh, woman was a midwife, still is a midwife, but and she I met her through a midwife when she was when my first wife was pregnant with my son, who's the one who owns the small engine company. Okay. The the youngest one is our child. The next one up has a small engine business is my child. The older three in Melbourne are Bromwich's children. Okay. So. They all sort of come into our worlds in different ways at different times as a yeah. consequence of, yeah. of that evolution. We have a similar story. The, the, the oldest two are her children, and then the youngest one is uh, ours. Yes. But they're all three ours. Yes. You know. Yeah, but then nevertheless, they come. To, they come to but you from various exactly. various means. Yeah. So what yeah. was life yeah. like in Haiti? Uh, not a lot of uh, electricity, no running water often. Um, in that sense expensive because I'm, I'm a guy that I would like to have my running water so you would have to buy a water truck to fill up your yes. water basin to have running water in the home. A uh, generator to run to, so you have electricity. And you so, probably didn't have it going all the time, you're only running it right. when you're cooking and right. whatever, yes. At night, and then uh, turn it off when you go to bed, and uh, charge the batteries from that as well for the daytime. Uh, but things would always break, uh, you would always be busy with repairing stuff. And yes. quality of service is so low in, uh, in Haiti, people are so uneducated. A lot of these jobs that it's uh, it's a little bit of a struggle but it's also not what's really important I would say it's like what's important is that you uh, people are very um, nice they're just very good friends they're very strongly connected to their families probably uh, there's a strong Catholic religion there I would imagine a lot of strong yeah Catholic Christian yeah. Christianity, there's a lot of voodooism as well, uh, which is in a way also a, a Well, that's part of the, that. That's part of that culture. Yeah. And uh, but what struck me is that yeah, families are very tight. So and you have to because society is so tough. There's so little work. People work for better help one another. A hundred dollars a month, and uh, it's tough to survive over there have enough money as income to 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 eat yes and uh, there's a lot of people that live in uh, self-built uh, I would call them uh, shacks yes with a dirt floor and, uh, and of course there's a middle class we were part of the middle class uh, compared to the farmers you're rich but 
compared to the rich you're poor. poor. Yeah. Uh, it's all relative, but um, we have that experience on Marco Island that the uh, yeah uh, we're, compared to the people around us were poor. Right. But compared to my apartment, you guys are rich, <laughs> and so yes. yeah, it's all relative. Yeah. Yes. But what what's important indeed are the the relationships that we have and the things that we do in life. It's so, are you going to be able to, or do you wish to become American? Hmm, interesting. I don't have the wish. Being Dutch is fine, but if it gives me a financial benefit, I might. But I, I not have a green card. I would have to have it for five years. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure I will be here for five years. Right. Where will you go? No clue. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't find um, American society very uh, welcoming. Mm. Oh, it's welcoming. Very much so. Uh, mm. Have you? We're foreigners. You're a foreigner, so we have certain common I, I, experiences. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I love being. I do enjoy being an American, I do enjoy living here. Yeah. But there's cultural things about food and I never ever meet anybody that grew up in the same street that I did and we chat about growing up in the same town and all that sort of right. because I have nobody here I ever have long have ever have discussions with about what right. I did last time I was fishing in the Zolder Sea. Exactly. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> where the fuck's that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, 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 you miss things in your life that you would normally just not even realize you would miss when they don't exist. Yeah. So. yeah that's, uh, You're unfamiliar point. culturally with Americans sometimes. How did you meet your wife? But uh, I, I wanted to say one more thing uh, about the, the Americanism though. Is that, uh, but I do enjoy living here a lot. Um, and I see that uh, there's so many opportunities uh, for the kids to go to school yes. here. It's probably the greatest country in the world to go to school to. Now, Europe is not that bad either, for sure. Uh, and the youngest may end up going to school in Europe in the in the end, but uh, the oldest two, they were born in Miami, they're Americans, and that's why we're here. So oh, that, okay, well they can they can help you stay here if it comes to that. Yes. Okay, yes. that was a decision you wanted to make? Right. And, um, and that's why we're also here. Well, first because Haiti became too dangerous, but also because we wanted to be here because of the kids going to school yeah. and being able to support them. We came here, we were going to move to Spain and we we love the Mediterranean, but when we came here 20 years ago, we had two young children, the two youngest ones we've spoken of them, the mechanic and the hairdresser. Right. And we brought them here because of the greater opportunity that existed here. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, we probably would be sitting in Spain in a villa somewhere today. Yeah. Or Something like that. Because we yeah. culturally liked that perhaps more than we did America, but we recognised that we had responsibility to our children. Right. And, and, and that is what guides our lives, isn't it? Yes. Like our families. You try to make sure the next generation has a better opportunity than you had. Exactly. So, we, we look at... Our younger two are doing much better than 
the ones in Australia because mm -hmm. there's more opportunities here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you've got a socialist country in Australia where it's really hard to get ahead. You pay so much tax. tax yeah. You can earn lots, but Same lots in my go country, out. Yeah. Yes. So many rules and so many regulations. Yeah. That that makes life very uh, restricted. And uh, that, that, that is why the, um, or the US is such a wonderful country it to be in. It is a wonderful but, country. You know, sometimes, some people do better inside the cage and some people do better outside the cage. It's so, so true. So, um, those, the older children are more familiar with Australia and more um, likely to exist comfortably in it than, than the ones that have grown up in America. They yeah. go, uh, I can see that. We, although we would have preferred they all ended up here because it would have been ultimately better for them. They're adults and they make their own choices. Sure. And I think they, when our daughter wanted to have a baby, well, all our kids when they wanted to have a baby, um, it's a much safer, easier place. Can you excuse me one second? Sure. Gabi Hello. 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 Hi. Where are you? I'm in Miami. Oh, you're in Okay, yeah. Can you take an Uber or take a ride? Oh, you already hang up. He knows the drill. <coughs> okay, go ahead. My mom's at work. Gabi. Hello? Yes. Yes? What were you saying? You want to say something? Uh, yeah, see if you can take a ride, uh, get a ride, or uh, oh, no, I was gonna ask you get an Uber. School, but I'm just, I'm just oh, okay. Alright, all good. Yeah, Bye. That's your boy? That's the little one, yeah. Mm, he's gorgeous, he sounds nice. Oh, he's such a wonderful kid. Now, does he speak Dutch? He used to, he lost it, and I wasn't able to keep it up with him. Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, come back to him if you if you dumped him in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, I th I would hope so. He he, we we lived in the in the Netherlands two years. Well, it wasn't a great success for my wife. She thought it was too cold. She was always complaining about the cold. And uh, didn't didn't like the hills. And uh, <laughs> it's flat like us. Like oh, exactly. Here. No hills. Yeah, no hills. <laughs> maybe that that's what she didn't like exactly. No hills. And. Uh, Oh, one thing that I wanted to say, what I don't like about the U.S. is that it's such a car-driven society. I feel like uh, that, or it's, let's say differently, it's just one of these things that I really miss about the Netherlands, is that you can hop on a bicycle, Yes. go, go to a few shops that are always nearby, and... Uh, and those type of shops don't even exist here. You're absolutely right. When we lived in Germany, we lived there for a year. Yeah. Um, you'd get on the bike and you'd ride to the little village and you'd get your bread yeah. and your cheese yeah. and maybe some milk and yeah. then you'd come home and the 80-year-old people would be riding faster than you could manage a bike and yeah. fit and healthy. Yeah, and didn't you know your neighbours better yes. in Germany? Yes. Yes. It's a little bit more connected or so yeah. than here because we're all in cars, you don't see each other as much. I like uh, small communities because uh, yeah. you, in a big city like this, you could yell abuse out the window at this person in the white car next to us, 
and you'd never see them again. Exactly. In a yeah. small community, you want to be a bit careful doing that because you'd like to have the yeah. guy in the white car on your doorstep going, "Yeah, you prick." So yeah. it makes makes everybody nicer to one another when they're more likely to run into you again. Yeah. yeah. And that, but okay, so that also means that maybe in other communities in the U.S. that it's more like that as well. But certainly any big city you come to, you lose all that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Naples is very much, everything is so far from each other, you have yes. to do everything by car. Marco Island's a little community. Smaller, yeah. You could cycle probably a lot. Yeah, there's lots of beautiful cycling paths. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, do, actually, there's actually yeah. a bike path, there's a designated bike path throughout uh, Marco Island. You can ride over a lot of Marco Island without being on the roads even. Right. And then, and then you asked me how I met my wife. Yes. So there was that I was working as this IT uh, guy for yeah. this uh, for this nonprofit, and they have an uh, office in uh, Haiti. Yeah. And uh, so I had to fix some computers uh, in the office. They sent me over there, and she was working in the office as an uh, accountant assistant. And um, yeah, our eyes met, and that was that. You fought. She will yeah. make a good assistant for me. Exactly. <laughs> My new assistant. My new assistant. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> and it turned out that you turned into her assistant. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, almost love in at first sight. Good. Isn't that because nice? I had I had noticed her in the office already that she was cute and things like that, you know, but I thought she would speak French in Haiti, so, and I don't know any French, so, didn't approach her until one day she came to me and, oh no, no, I went to her and asked her something about money or something, and to my surprise, she was, like, fluent in English, so yeah. then we, I had somebody also to communicate with in the office, and I was yes. like, so how did she learn English, why was she, she had lived in Miami with her former husband in Miami, okay. that's where oh, her okay. children were born. So her English was actually probably very good. Yes. Yeah, without an accent also, it's just American, she sounds yes. American, yeah. And, uh, but when I proposed, um, you did she said yes. Going Dutch. <laughs> Proposed to her in Dutch and she said yes. Yeah, she said yes, but she said, um, I gotta move in with my mom one day because I need to take care of my mom. And because that's the Haitian way, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, you don't put people, old people in, uh, yes. in homes, you, you take them in or you move in with them and uh, you help them out. So. And is her mom still well now? Oh, she's very well. She's in oh, great so shape. Yeah, this is not no. something that's happening tomorrow then? No, no, she's in great shape. Although we did move to Haiti to live with her mom eventually. So the first 10 years we were Wh Where is her mom now, in Haiti? She's actually not staying with us for a while. Okay. And then, uh, but her main place is basically is Haiti. Yeah. Does she like it here with you? Oh yeah, she's American. Oh good, so yeah, she's American, it wouldn't be, she speaks English well as well? Oh yeah. So she'd be able, she's able to integrate herself here quite comfortably and easily, which is oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. 
Look at that number plate. It says Gulag. Gulag. What, what is a Gulag? The Russian uh, prison. Oh, that's a Russian prison. The Gulag, the Gulag. yes. Oh, wow. It's where they send you if you weren't a good communist or uh, or they took you as a prisoner. You'd end up in the gulag. Makes you curious though. you got to wonder why he'd want that as his number plate. <laughs> it's not an endearing thing. No, right? Gulag. Yeah. It's been fun travelling with you, Mark. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting... Uh conversation. You'll be able to edit us later on and relive it. And uh, probably going to do a few more rides in Miami. Today? Yeah, I might as well. Although it's getting later too. We'll see. How often do you drive? Yeah, when I have time. Normally I would like drive between three and nine. And then the first half of the day is for my uh, full-time job, and then the second half of the day for for Uber driving. And then it depends on what's happening at home. Yes. And my son has a game for soccer. We we'll go there. Um, and does your wife work as well? Yeah. She works for uh, Catholic Charities. She's, uh, Is this car a very economic car because of the way it works? This car? Yes. Um, so far we're now at the, like 40 miles a gallon. Yes. So for a minivan that's very economic. That is, that is very good, yes. Yeah, most minivans do like 20, 25. What is the size of the... Um, it's a six cylinder. Um, so it has a fairly big engine in it as well. Yeah, but it runs very low. Uh, and then what it does, it's like right now it's running, it propels the car forward, but it's also charging the battery. Yeah, it's spinning that. The electric motor is a generator. Yeah, which is propulsing the uh, or feeding the uh, electro motor. And so it, uh, yeah, it's more economic somehow than only the gasoline engine. Mm. Oh, I'm very pleased with this car. Does it have? what's called regenerative braking on it? Yeah. It does, yes, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's money, that's giving you petrol back effectively. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, that's a good answer. That's it why makes some of the wasted energy back out of the car. Oh, yeah. And actually, you'll see, like, if I, let me see if it's this ramp, right? Yeah. It says airport yeah. ramp only, yep. So, when I am doing 50 and I, I brake, to zero, then I'll be sitting at the traffic light without an engine, so it just runs off the batteries, and then I can pull up until about 30, pure electrically. Yes. So you go from 50 to zero, and then from zero to 30, uh, basically from zero to 30 for free. Yes. Because that is with electricity that you just generated. Generated for your movement. Yes. With your braking, exactly. And then to go from 30 to 50, that's the gasoline engine then again. Yes. But so you see that from zero to 30, that speed build up 
That's pure savings. And, and it's, when it overtook, it felt like it had reasonably good performance. Sorry? When you were overtaking cars earlier, it felt like it had reasonably it had, it, yeah, enough that, power to, to overtake properly. Yeah, reasonably, yeah. Oh, look at that airplane, that's a beautiful sight, you see that? Oh, yes. Exactly in front of us. She must have a fair bit of fuel on board looking at the dihedral on it. Oh, I love flying. Flying is just the most awesome thing. Are you a pilot? Well, so I did, I, I flew a little bit of um, ultra-light airplanes. Yes. That was just... Ultra light, you know, those are those very light. Yes, yes. Uh, it was like a one engine color. It looks like a Cessna, but it's much lighter. What What was it? I don't remember the name of it. It's the uh, Light Aircraft Association. What a great category. And it was, well, it was in Mexico. So in Mexico, this guy had a hangar and he had a garden with a flight strip. Yes. Garden. That's where we would fly from. And uh, but it, yeah, it just looked like a small Cessna. I forgot the name. He also had like Pipistrel or something. Pipistrel airplanes. Right. Have you ever flown? I was a pilot in Australia. You were a pilot in uh, Australia. Uh, but only a private license. God bless you. Were like bush flying. No, just just for fun. For fun, also. Yeah, just, just and, uh, what no purpose to beyond. I wanted to learn to fly. And so you would fly Cessnas, or yes, like one five twos, one seven sixes, that sort of. One seven six. Yeah, Piper PA twenty eights, that sort of fixed fixed gear. It was just a simple, straight out light light aircraft license. Nice. I hope one day to be able to do that too. Yeah. I'd like to get back to it, which is why I want to build a helicopter and an aeroplane. Sure. So I can have a fly of both of them. What would you do though? Would you go back to the flying the Cessna or a helicopter? Uh, learning uh, how to fly a helicopter is super appealing, but it's more expensive. Well, that's why I wanted to build one of my build my own helicopter because it makes that a far cheaper process. And at the end of it, you have a helicopter too. You'd spend the same amount of money and end up with. If you want to get a commercial helicopter's license, so you can do something with it. You've got to get, I think, 350 hours, and at three or four hundred dollars an hour, it's a lot of money. That is, yeah. But I don't want a commercial pilot uh, helicopter license. I just want a, a light helicopter that I can play with, with myself yeah. in the lug lamp. Oh, have you ever thought of a uh, gyrocopter? A, a, gy a gyrocopter. A gyrocopter. Yeah. There's a couple really nicely built um, uh, kit kit helicopters. And, and they are a proper helicopter with Subaru okay. V, uh, six, flat six Subaru, no, flat four Subaru engines in them. Okay. So, uh, and they, you know, I think they're like 140 horsepower car engine and coupled up to a proper helicopter with a collective, a collective head. Yeah, but, in, but you've got to put the whole thing together yourself. Oh, wow. So, that, that is for you, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, but out the other side of it, you would have a helicopter worth a good deal more than what you've uh, paid for it. Sure. And you can learn to fly it for very little money. Sure. Basically, the fuel you're pouring into it. 
Yeah, practicing with it. Okay. And that that never would acquire that would never count towards 450 hours to get a pilot's like to get a helicopter license. But that's not the type of license I'd want anyway. I just want to be able to play with it on weekends and fly yeah, over the top yeah. of Marco Island. And, and do you have space to build it? Uh, not now. Yeah. But um, we're looking for it. We're looking. Yeah. For part of the school, ultimately, when I built want to build this little Austin and teach students, and then they've got some other cars to build. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, one of the projects I'd want to then build would be a helicopter, followed by a 90% uh, uh, aerodynamically accurate Spitfire. That's a, a kit plane. It takes a, a 375 horsepower LS Chevy engine and a fully aerobatic and retractable gear and constant speed prop. Is that also a dream? Like, kit, kit airplane, yes. A kit airplane. Yeah. So, uh, they call them Spitfires too? Sorry? <coughs> you just said Spitfire? It's a 90% uh, scale Spitfire. Huh. So it's aer aerodynamically correct, it's 90% scale. It's a lot lighter than the Spitfire because it yeah. um, doesn't have to have armor plating and the machine guns and, right. and all the rest of it. So um, the um, whereabouts the original Merlin had a thousand and forty horsepower in the Mark One Spitfire, three hundred and fifty horsepower out of a Chevy engines, going to make it a very lively aircraft. And that's I would like to put that together and again do that with students do that as an experience for young people to join me in doing it. But, uh, the best way I can do that though is build up a couple cars first so that I show a uh, show a track record as such. Yeah it all starts with the first car yeah. I agree you so, wouldn't want to start with a monster uh, project but start with something that is uh, yeah. doable. Which is why the 1928 model cars it's a very simple motor car, so um, it's. Have you have you visited the uh, Naples Car Museum? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the Collier Collection. Is that the Collier? Collier Collection. Yeah. Miles Collier. I forgot his name. I, uh... When Craig went round, he knew more about the cars and the people that were were the guides. Yeah, bad. I was impressed with that museum because it oh, was beautiful stuff. Yeah. I have a, uh, they have some Spanish Suizus there. What? And the type of car mean, literally means a Spanish Swiss. It was a car company that was parallel to Rolls Royce in the very early days. Okay. Um, and I have a car with a uh, overhead cam engine which is an Espanol Suizu designed engine and the uh, and there's only two of them in America so I've been they want to see the car they want me to bring my one of my cars along for them to look at because it's an unusual such an unusual vehicle this car was my first car when I was a 16 year old child how did you keep it all these years with a great deal of <laughs> with a lot of difficulty because they lived yeah, all over the place and one divorce. And one divorce, yes. It survived a divorce and all sorts of things. Get my little fingers, get my fingers on it. So, uh, yeah. It's 
amazing though. I can see you start a museum one day. Yeah. <laughs> we did have one in Australia. Had a card, yeah, I was part of a card museum in Australia. And, um, we've been busy with the restoration of this Frank Lloyd Wright house, the house you now we know you a little bit, I wish I'd taken you inside that you see it. The um, inside of the house is But he only remarkable. lives close by when we come back. Oh, he could come visit Monday. Who knows? And have a look at the inside of the house. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Which terminal are we going to? Um, American. American. International. No, we're domestic. One. International, where are we going? Oh. I think it's Terminal D. Well, America is Terminal 1. Um, She'll just check. Okay. Of course, we're flying international, maybe it's not. Um, gate 23, Terminal D. Terminal D, okay. It's Terminal D, he said. Yes. Hmm, I thought it was one, two, three, four. Maybe I'm confused with the Fort Myers. Uh, or Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Okay, well, let's just go see. It's all right, we got time. You can let us up anyway. A little bit. Yeah, we'll walk the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> you got us most of the way. You're not bad. Right. <laughs> the consolidator didn't sell us a ticket after all. <laughs> yeah, these are exactly the kind of uh, conversations that I like uh, so much to put on my uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, right. With so much information and broad ranging, hasn't it? Very broad ranging. <laughs> we will now know what lightning does and all sorts of things. Exactly. <laughs> Never knew that before. Exactly. I'll probably put it as a slogan under the video, like, do you know what lightning does? <laughs> do you know you the purpose to, of lightning? You, you need to watch. Yes. I learned something today. Do you know what lightning does? Exactly. <laughs> know the purpose no, the of lightning. The purpose of lightning. Yeah. In Not what it does, everybody knows what it does, it burns holes in things. Exactly. One of the irritations of Americans, and maybe they won't like this on your channel, <laughs> is you're about, you're about they, to they defend their point of view to the death quite often, where they're not right, they have a viable point of view, and the more intellectual people are, the more they defend their point of view, believing they're right. And so many times the conversation will go in a division where the Republicans and the Democrats won't, won't accept that both could be right and just have a viable point of view. And the other thing that's difficult is they don't let you get close to them easily. You don't get into their house. You don't right. get invited to dinner. Not right. like in Australia or Europe. Right. You would be warm to a stranger. They seem to 
not trust foreign nationals or strangers. I see exactly where you're, where you're going from. And that doesn't mean we don't have amazing friends that... Yeah, it just takes longer to actually build those relationships with Americans than, than it seems to with other nationalities. Exactly, yeah. And, and things are very politicized in yes. the US because it's a two-party system. And there's some, you know, sometimes you wonder why some of these... I'm not very interested in politics and it, it amazes me sometimes why something that appears to be common sense would be argued about at all. Mm. And, and, and then it becomes a divisive, do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask? And yeah. like, well, it all depends on who you vote for. Now, surely surely the, there should be, it should be a politically irrelevant discussion exactly. you, you may be on one side or the other but at least your, your discussion should be based on science one would hope yes or at least right. intellectual science. intellectual well yeah. well rehearsed argument that sounds right whatever whatever your point of view is but but not the political part no, of your state that's just an irrelevant that's an irrelevance to a health issue exactly but that's how things go in the U.S. Yeah. Often. Yes. And uh, that's why in California they are still wearing masks, and here there is no COVID here. <laughs> well, there's never been COVID in Florida. No, no. Sunshine. See, we don't have COVID. <laughs> That'd be silly. You scare the tourists off. <laughs> we wouldn't want that now. So here it says uh, American uh, doors. That's fine. One, two, three, or four, two, yeah. eight. That's perfect. What I was telling you was where we were departing from, obviously, but this is perfect. No, because this is all American. Yeah. And there, oh, there is D. You said D, right? Yeah, that, that's fine. We'll, we'll be fine here. D, yeah, you said well, D. Over there, is D? Over there is D in, the, yeah, in front of us. So D I'll American. drop you off there. Okay. That's then doors four to eight. <laughs> Let me see. did make the time go fast, my love. Also, yeah, no, it was wonderful meeting you guys. Now, you guys have a wonderful flight and especially a wonderful time in South Africa. I'm Don't sure we will. get eaten by a hippopotamus. <laughs> I consider that good advice.
Thank you.